You're listening to the University of Pikeville Men's Basketball Podcast. My name is Gary Justice, and I'll be your host. Today, we catch up with assistant coach Sid Christ. Coach Christ talks about his journey to the University of Pikeville, his role on the coaching staff, and also his career goals in the coaching profession. It's a great episode, so let's get started. Coach Sid Christ, welcome to the University of Pikeville Men's Basketball Podcast. Thanks for having me, buddy. Hey, man, I've been looking forward to this all day, so let's get this started. Tell us about your journey to the University of Pikeville. Well, I uh, I grew up in Anstead, West Virginia. It's a small town, uh, much smaller than Pikeville. I played in high school for my dad at Midland Trail High School. Had a good career there, and uh, we won a lot of games, and, and were able to make a run to the state championship my senior year, but got beat. Um, from there, I played one year at, uh, of college basketball at Glenville State College in West Virginia. I wasn't a wasn't a very good player there. I scored uh, six points for my career. Uh, I always like to <laughs> tell everybody that you know, Coach Faulkner was playing at the University of Charleston uh, the same time that I was a freshman at Glenville. And I always like to tell everybody that between the two of us, we made a 145 threes uh in the wavy act he made 143 of them though so uh, i get a good kick out of that but from there i take to fairmont state university the guy that they had recruited me to come to glenville he left and took an assistant job at fairmont state and, and i knew that i was a great player and wanted to get into coaching um you know my dad my dad was a high school coach for for near 30 years and it's kind of in my blood so i, I decided to transfer to fairmont state where i thought i had an opportunity to, to get into coaching and spent three years there um had a great time there. We were really, really good. Three really good years. We made the NCAA tournament twice during my time there. Uh, I left Fairmont to take an assistant coaching job at the University of Charleston. And there I met uh, former University of Pikeville assistant coach, uh, Brett Rector, who was one of the assistants on the national championship team. Uh, and so that's kind of how I, I came to know Ty, which we'll get to later on. But um from, from the University of Charleston, I took an assistant job and worked one year at West Virginia Wesleyan College, and then uh, took a GA job here for that season uh, at West Virginia Wesleyan. So I spent two years here as a graduate assistant. Uh, yeah, at the end of my second year, Coach Wells resigned and, and promoted Coach Thompson and Coach Faulkner, and then I was the next one to get promoted. So um, been here for three years and love it here and, and love the guys that I work with. You know, Coach Thompson and, and Coach Faulkner are both two of my best buddies, and Guys, I enjoy hanging out with and being around every day, so it's really a really a blessing. It's um, it's really good to see the type of staff that has been built at the University of Pikeville. For example, when Coach Wills decides to become the full-time athletic director and give up basketball uh, coaching, and he promotes Ty Compton, and then Coach Compton then promotes the entire staff up. You know, whether it be, you know, Coach Faulkner and yourself joining him on that same staff, it shows a strong staff and a lot of continuity throughout the program. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that the, you know, the one thing that uh, I enjoy most about, you know, what we've got going here is everyone in Pikeville, from administration down to our coaches, down to our players, it's like a little family. And, you know, the three of us, uh, you know, working for Coach Wells, and and it's kind of weird, you know, Coach Rector was here, who's still an assistant coach at University of Charleston. Uh, the head coach there is Dwayne Osborne. Coach Faulkner coached with Dwayne Osborne for one year at the University of Charleston. I coached there for one year. So we're all kind of – we were intertwined before uh, I got here. And, 
you know, we all, we, we have the, the same beliefs, I think, in terms of, of, you know, how you build a culture and what that culture looks like and how you uh, maintain that culture, um, you know, throughout the course of or 10 or 15 years, just like Coach Wells did it. And, you know, when you have guys that come from similar areas with similar, similar backgrounds uh, that know the same people, uh, you're all kind of uh, bred, the, you know, the same way. And so that makes it, that makes it an easier transition. It's not like I'm coming from a place where, you know, a big division one school where we did things a certain way and that's the only way I know. And that's how we should do it. You know, we all have similar backgrounds and, and we believe the same things and that allows us to try to instill, um, you know, certain values within our guys in our program. And it makes that entire process a lot easier. Well, coach, let's fast forward. You talk about your third season as part of the men's basketball program, at the university of Pikeville. So what is your role at the university? Cause I know you not only are you, serving on the men's staff, but also I know you do some operational stuff on the women's side as well, too. Kind of explain what your role is at the University of Pikeville. Yeah, so I, I hold a dual-role dual job. Um, you know, I'm an assistant men's basketball coach here at U-Pike, and then, um, you know, I help the women with operational stuff such as travel, um, things of that nature. Um, you know, we – in in conference, we travel to a lot of the same places, so it makes it, it, makes it a little bit easier. This year was, a, you know, a new beast because of – COVID and all the protocols that come with that. So it made it, made it a little bit different and and it was, it was rough to get through, but you know, we made it, um, in terms of on the men's side, you know, I've kind of got a catch all job. Um, I'm our academic coordinator. Uh, I serve as our faculty liaison, um, NAI eligibility coordinator. I help all, you know, all the new guys that are coming in get their NAI, NAI eligibility stuff taken care of. Um, you know, I do the travel for us just as I do is for our women's team and our graduate assistants assist me a lot with that, which makes uh, doing it for, you know, the men's team a lot easier. I can put more focus on the women's side of it. Obviously recruiting, assisting in scheduling, um, you know, camp scouting. Um, I coach our forwards and post players. Um, I'll help with JV recruiting if need be. And, and really anything else Coach Compton needs. Like I said, I have kind of a catch-all job, and that, that covers a lot of different areas of the program, whether it be video or scouting or, or you know, recruiting or whatever it looks like. Um, you know, I, I kind of – kind of have my hand in every part of the program. I take it's an opportunity for a lot of great experiences for you too and a lot of opportunities for you to develop your skills as a coach. And one of those skills you talked about when your roles on the coaching staff is recruiting. So, Coach, when you're out recruiting basketball players, one, what are you looking for? And then, two, how do you evaluate that player if they're a good fit for the University of Pikeville? Well, I think the first thing, you know, there's there's two things off the top that, that um, you know, are non-negotiables. The first thing is their academics. It's always the first thing we ask about. Obviously, we're not going to recruit somebody if they're ineligible. Uh, I think we had a 3.6 um, team GPA this, the, in the fall semester. So that, that side of it is very important to us. So, you know, obviously, they got to be a good student. Um, if they're not a good student, they have to be capable of being a good student. And that's kind of where our staff assists them in that and teaching them how to and how to become a good student, um, physical characteristics, you know, their height, their weight, their athleticism, their strength. Um, and then, you know, after, after that, it's probably, uh, you know, the fundamentals of the game. Can they dribble it? Can they pass it? Can they shoot it? I know it sounds kind of simple, but you'd be surprised the number of kids who fit the first two criteria, um, you know, maybe six, seven can run and jump, but can't dribble it with their left hand or pass it. Um, and then, you know, with the way we play offensively, that's a huge part of it for us. They got to be able to think the game and make decisions on their own. And that's also something is the longer I do this and the longer it goes, it seems like that's harder to find. And 
and probably the most important thing, um, you know, as we go in the recruiting process is trying to figure out if that person fits our culture. You know, we have a, we have, we're, we're trying to build a culture of accountability and responsibility in our guys. Um, and, you know, finding guys that fit exactly what it is that we want to be at U-Pike, you know, sometimes it's tough and sometimes you may think that they do and they get here and they don't. So that's certainly a crucial piece. And I'll be hundred percent honest with you. I haven't exactly figured out how to do that. Um, I think it changes with every single person that you recruit. Very individualized approach, I guess, right, Coach? Sure. Uh, you got you got to figure out if they are the fit for your culture. I know in speaking with Coach Compton in his episode and also Coach Faulkner, very similar response to the question, same thing about how do you evaluate that player, same exact response. Um, so you can tell it's continuity throughout the program. Well, we, we have cult- – Go ahead, I'm sorry. I don't say the, the culture thing is the most important part, I feel, because if you have guys who are going to come in and not be – who's not going to fit into the culture of not only the men's basketball program but the university, and then I think that's really going – it's hard to compete at a national level in the program. Right, and I think, you know, we have we have a group of guys uh, returning next year that that embody and embrace exactly what it is we want it to be in terms of our culture. You know, they care about each other. They love each other. They play extremely hard. Um, they want to win, and they carry themselves, you know, on and off the court the right way. There's no BS with those guys. They do exactly what they're what they're supposed to do, and and they're where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. And they just, you know, they they embrace, like I said, they embrace and embody that, you know, all of those things that we want them to be in order to make our culture what it needs to be. And when you have guys like that, it makes our job much more fun. When you don't have to coach effort. You don't have to coach, um, you know, energy on the court and practice every day or in the games like that. That's what makes it fun. When you have guys who buy into what it is you're trying to do and they're out there playing their guts out for you, that's huge. Well, also, Coach, to getting a job done in the classroom as well, too, a 3.6 GPA as a team, not as an individual, but as a program, 3.6, that you're recruiting the right guys. You're, you're the you got the right culture going on, the basketball program, the University of Pikeville. And I don't think it's any coincidence that, you know, we say the things we do about our guys on the court, um, and it's no coincidence that, that they are able to, to get those things done <clears throat> off the court in the classroom as well. You know, I think in, of the, the 16 guys we had on our varsity roster in the first semester, I think 15 of the 16 had, had above a 3.0. So that just goes to show what kind of young men they are and, and how much they care about their futures as, as well as, uh, you know, their, their basketball careers here at U-Pike. So, Coach, in your three years at the University of Pikeville, can you share some of your favorite memories so far? Uh, my that's that's uh, the easiest the easiest question of the bunch I'd say my my favorite moment here uh, my favorite memory here was the elite eight run my first year um, you know we got out there we played Talladega in the first round which honestly was looking at the bracket that we had that was the game I was probably the most nervous about um, you know they were really really talented on paper I, I sure but I think it was the first game of the tournament um, and we struggled at times during that game, and, and our point guard, Chase Parsley, you know, at, he was oh, yeah. he was a good point guard, and, and he kind of ran the show for us, but he had a coming-out party during that game. He went crazy during that game. I think he had 15 or 17, which uh, I'm sure was his career high, and um, kind of willed us to victory in that one. And then the second round, we played Benedictine, who was right there, you know, right down the road in Kansas City. They're, they're from right there in Kansas City, and that place was packed. Um, we ended up beating them 83-79 to 79 in double overtime. Um, I think Luke and Javante Carlton, Luke Leahy and Jav- Javante Carlton, both had double doubles in that one. And the, if I remember correctly, the game was supposed to start at seven thirty, 
and games before us went long, whatever. Our game, <laughs> our game didn't get to start until 8.30 or 9, somewhere in that in that range. And then our game goes into double overtime. Wow. Our game didn't end until right at 11, maybe a little after 11 o'clock, if I remember correctly. And that place was packed. It was bumping. And, and there were multiple times in both overtimes I thought we were going to get beat, and we somehow figured out a way to get it done. And um, that was that was awesome. That was the most fun. That was that was a – that was a really fun time for me. And, and we got beat by Carroll in that next round. And I think my personal opinion is that we were, we were more talented than Carroll. Um, but they were fresh. You know, we, I think we played them the next day at five 30. So you get back to the hotel by the time you get back, it's midnight. You try to get them ice and get them in bed. It's one 30. And then you got to get them up and feed them and, and put them through shoot around. Those guys were dragging. And I think if you watch tape, you can tell our guys were absolutely exhausted from that sweet 16 game. And, you know, the, the the one thing that sticks out to me the most about that team, um, you know, we had Javon De La Cruz was the, was the conference player of the year, Javante Carlton, Luke Leahy was an All-American, um, Chase Pars, we had Xavier Guana, who I think was second team All-League that year. Um, the, you know, the, the most fun part of coaching that group was they were tough, they stuck together, they battled, especially during that, you know, Sweet 16 game, uh, it really showed. Um, our, you know, our motto during that that uh, national tournament was empty the tanks. And you know, you go back and watch, you go back and watch that Sweet 16 game, and you can see those those guys are doing exactly that. And when you again, you get to coach a national tournament at that stage and in, in a double overtime game uh, with a with a packed house with you know fans from the, the school that you're playing at, or all they're rooting against you, and you come out victorious. That's an awful lot of fun. So. That was by far my my most favorite memory. I don't even think it's close. I tell you, Coach, it's a prime example of why during that format of the national tournament, I know there have been some changes, but during that format, that's why I feel that the NAIA national tournament is the most challenging tournament in college basketball. It was the most challenging for sure. And, you know, obviously the the format has changed, but that was like – that was the thing that I felt, you know, I, I got to compete in um, two national tournaments in NCAA Division II level. And that was the one thing the first year, you know, us making the national tournament that I felt like separated the NAIA tournament from the Division II tournament was they did it the right way. You had all 64 teams in one location competing for the national tournament. That's how it should be. You know, the the, the uh, second year that I was at Fairmont State, we played West Liberty four times in the, in the, in the, uh, during the season, twice in the regular season conference tournament. And in the in the uh, NAI or in the NCAA Division II tournament, and so you know it just gets kind of monotonous, and you know you got to make the lead eight just to get to what what feels to be like a national tournament. And so, hopefully, uh, in the future, you know we can get back to that uh, in Kansas City because that that's what makes it that's what makes it fun. It is very challenging. I think it's five games in seven days. Could be six days. Yes, could sir. be six days if you play on that Thursday. And uh, while it is challenging, that's what makes it. That's what makes it so much fun. I tell you, it's it's a it's a very exciting basketball. I've had an opportunity to attend three national tournaments out there, and uh, it's a lot of good basketball there as well. But coach, you've talked about uh, different stops for throughout your coaching career. Um, what is your ultimate goal as far as a coach? You know, I, I don't I don't know. It's a weird thing. I think that's probably a, a question that gets asked a lot to young coaches or, or, you know, even coaches that are into their, into their thirties and early forties about what their end goal is. And I don't know that I've currently 
this may sound bad, but I don't know that I've currently set a goal for myself in terms of where I want to go or where I want to be. I, I'm super happy here. You know, I from the time I transferred from Glenville to Fairmont until the time I, I ended up here, I think I moved something like 12 times in the, over the span of five years, six years. And you're moving around and you're chasing this thing where you want to become a college coach and, you know, you want to you want to be the head coach at West Virginia one day. That's your goal. Or you want to do this or that, whatever it may be. And you just get to the point with it where – I think too many times in chasing those those goals, you miss out on a lot of things, a lot of good things that are happening right there where you're at. And we've got a great a great staff and a great program, and there's great people in this community. There's great people in administration, and um, it's hard to try to think about what I you know would want to do next in terms in in, in terms of a goal um, when I'm at such a good place. You know, obviously there's no brainer jobs out there, and and, you know, when those things come along, you take them. But in terms of setting a goal for where I want to be, I don't know that I have that. I think the thing for me is, you know, I don't know if I would be able to do anything else um, other than coach. I don't know that I'm good at anything else. And maybe I'm not even good at this. Who knows? But, you know, I think that if it ever comes to a point for me where practice isn't fun and, and recruiting isn't fun and the games aren't fun for me any, anymore, obviously that would be a time to step away. But um, as it currently stands, you know, I, I'm – Enjoying my time here. I enjoy the people here. And, you know, I don't see any reason why anybody would want to leave. Well, we're definitely very happy to have you at the University of Pikeville, Coach Chris. You're, you're a very important part of this men's basketball program. And you've helped – you've been a key part of helping uh, continue this culture. I know Coach Kelly Wells, when he took over the program, he changed – well, not changed, he continued a nice, solid foundation. But he started competing at a different level when Coach Wells really got everything rolling. And then with Coach Compton and bringing you guys on staff and you guys continuing that culture, um, bright days are still ahead for the University of Pikeville men's basketball program. Yeah, and I think I think we have a chance this upcoming year, and, and both of years come to be really, really good with with the group that we're bringing back. You know, we've got a couple scholarships to fill, but uh, recruiting's coming along nicely right now, and, and hopefully we can we can continue uh, you know what was built before us. Well, Coach Chris, we appreciate your time and, and sitting down and spending uh, this episode with us. I know a lot of people like to see the behind the scenes, what's going on at the University of Pikeville on the men's basketball program. We appreciate your insights and your willingness to, to join us uh, today. Gary, I appreciate you having me, buddy. Uh, have a good day. Thanks, Coach right, Chris. Thanks. thanks for listening to today's U-Pike men's basketball podcast. A special thanks goes out to Coach Chris for his appearance. As a reminder, this podcast can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major podcast platforms. Check out upikebears.com for all the updated athletic information going on at the University of Pikeville. Go Bears!